This episode contains depictions of violence that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. I can't hear it, so. Okay. You got a squirt? Mm. Yes, because that is what my parents got when they couldn't find any sun-kissed, sun-kissed gate. So they got just squirt. The next best thing, another citrus-based soda. It is a grapefruit flavor. Nice. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm a little bit scared already because it's nighttime and we're going to be talking. Do you realize that? Okay. We're so list. Hello listeners. We are seeing each other over video when we do this. Cause obviously we're doing this remote. Um, and so last episode I was like in the darkness and I'm like, I got to turn the light on. This is too creepy. And now we're actually doing our spooky episode. And thus I have all the lights turned on. Yeah. I was just, <laughs> I was telling Andrew, I was like, I'm going to open the door at some point because Maria's going to be talking about something and I yeah. think it's going to be kind of scary. I had to do a little like protection ritual before because. You yes. know, I didn't do that. <laughs> do you, you want to pause to do that? No, I'm you don't good. have to. No, no, no. no it's okay. I just Because okay. I'm paranoid just because I'm paranoid. Well, yes. when you're talking about it, it's different. I feel like my listening to it, I'm a little bit more like on the I'm in a better position, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, so for our listeners, um, the way that our show will be formatted, pretty much, um, if you're not into the witchy spiritual stuff, um, which are those episodes that come out on Wednesdays, witchy Wednesdays, Wednesdays. we will be coming out with other episodes on Sundays. And those are going to be our spooky Sunday episodes where we will be talking about spooky things, true crime. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) I'm like. Line. Line. <laughs> you mean wine? No. Yes. Wine. Wine. <laughs> True crime and paranormal stories. Right. Ghost stories. Yes. So uh, for this episode, I I guess I'm starting, but I don't want to start. It's such a long story, and I feel like I'm gonna fuck it up because it's so long. But you know what? I'm so excited because I love how we're doing kind of like each of our own local stories yeah i think that's or, something we should maintain unless it's like something that like we really really want to talk about i don't know how well known this story is um documentary which is what i based a lot of my research on uh just because what's the was, documentary called it's just the speed freak killers it's mm. just a, a, a youtube video it's I, I'm, I mean i guess they put it on it must have come out a while a while ago but they just put it on youtube i guess um, but I used a lot of my like research based on that one because it's just really good. So it was good. And it was a lot. It's a long story. So uh, hopefully I can get through it pretty quickly. So that way we can talk about your your topic. Um, and, and hopefully I won't fuck it up. You know, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll do amazing. Our first spooky episode. I'm, I'm just I'm stoked. I'm, I'm scared. This <laughs> I could tell. 
<laughs> no, it'll be fine. It's going to be awesome. We just won't sleep tonight. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night. You know, it's so funny. I'm like, I'm a gray witch and I love the darkness, but I'm like, I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> I have a nightlight that I sleep with at night. You know what it is? It's because I'm mm -hmm. visited. I'm visited by scary, spooky things at night and I have yeah, sleep paralysis same. like all the time. So it's like, Not yes, same. I, <laughs> I, I definitely accept like darker things like like I realize that it's just part of life um but I you know it doesn't necessarily mean that I want to like be around them all the time which is why you know as much as we have things like protection and, and we use different stones and fucking I'm attached to my obsidian stone attached to it mm -hmm. so yeah I think you can be a gray witch and still be fucking afraid of shit I think it's healthy for anyone to have a deep respect slash fear of that dark, scary shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You're you're only human. <laughs> I really. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be a witch. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, and it's like super, <laughs> it's super dark out, and I'm in Andrew's room, which is his like uh his music slash studio where he records his own podcast. slash my room when I visit. I know, yeah. You did sleep in here. <laughs> was it nice when you slept in here? Or was it kind of like? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you did it with like no lights on. I would have fucking freaked out. Oh, I brought my stones with me. That's how uh, I brought my crystals with me. My my sleeping crystals. Nice. I want to try yeah. really hard to get through this without because I keep hearing because we're on Zoom too, right? So yeah, the, the recording, uh, like in the very first episode when I when I was editing, there's some some moments where we both kind of go in and out, and I think it's because of Zoom, but also like I'm kind of scared to like edit this post because we might <laughs> and like we might hear some. Okay, like yeah. I've listened to podcasts before where the audio just goes crazy when when they're talking about like scary things, and I'm like. Uh. I, I'm not ready for that. Now right you're now. making me scared. It's gonna happen, okay? Uh, <laughs> this is we. This is what we wanted. <laughs> this is literally what we wanted. Like when we met and we decided to do a podcast, it was originally just gonna be about paranormal stuff, and I, I'm glad we diluted it. Yeah, I. Okay. I don't know how I would have handled it. <laughs> I was hoping that we would record these during the day when it's like light out, and I could like stop thinking about it before bedtime. But now it's. 8 20 and we're about to have like a, a probably an hour-long conversation about really spooky mm -hmm. shit so hopefully i can watch some fucking voyager after this and uh really nice. just i know star trek that's my boyfriend <laughs> that's all it you know but it really helps like i feel i feel so much better after watching like an episode of voyager or fucking yeah yeah janeway for me it's like parks and rec or the office or my go-to like same. Uh, palette like, cleansers. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm just I'm a big uh, um, The Office and Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. I actually have um, at my office. <laughs> I miss work. Um, well, I miss my office and seeing my coworkers Aww. with this whole pandemic thing. But in my cubicle, I have this um, like those. Oh my gosh, what are they called? Like the hoop uh, embroidery thing. Yeah. Because I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> Stitches, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love puns. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so yeah, let's let's right. do it. Let's, let's get into it. Let's uh let's dive on into these uh speed freak killers. So um, 
one of the reasons why I decided to do this is because it is a local story. I live in Stockton, California, and this story takes place in like Linden, California, Stockton-ish area. Uh, Linden is where my boyfriend, Andrew, his parents live. Um, and I heard about this story when Andrew, he was going to a, uh, like a gig somewhere at this like pizza factory place. And it's, it's just a vast open area with a lot of farmland. And we were driving a truck and, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm admiring this beautiful scenery outside. And, uh, the guys that were in this band that he played with, they were like, yeah, you know, uh, have you ever heard of the Speed Freak Killers? And I was like, no, I've never heard about them. And then they started talking about them. And I was like, holy fuck, this is a fucked up story. And one of the guys actually lived next to one of the killers. So No. Yeah. Yeah, oh. like knew him personally. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was pretty intense. Okay, so, so this is a story of the Speed Freak Killers. And the name is given to a uh, serial killer duo named Lauren Herzog and Wesley Shermantine. So, um, so together they were convicted of four murders, um, but three jointly. Okay. okay. They were suspected in as many deaths as 72 people in and around the San Quentin County area. So a lot of people. Um, Wait, how many? 72. Oh and that, God. and that's just what they've, it's a long story. <laughs> but they only got convicted they for only got three they, or four? they were only convicted of um of four of them or well wesley sherman tyne was convicted of four of them lauren mm-hmm. was convicted of three of them uh okay so basically the story starts with um with Ugh, a girl I just got major chill sorry yeah it's a, it's an incredible story so just All right. grab a grab yourself a tea or like myself a glass <laughs> of wine and and buckle down diet squirt's gonna have to do for me tonight get yourself get <laughs> yourself I a, have with me <laughs> get yourself a protection uh tool mm. and then uh like a blanket and just get comfy because this, this story is insane so it starts off in 1985 when a 16 year old girl named chevelle chevy was um missing so she disappeared from franklin high school in stockton after telling friends that she was skipping school to go hang out with wesley sherman tyne uh at his family's cabin in san andreas chevelle never came home and was never seen again chevelle's father said that wesley came to their house the day after they asked him about where she was and he acted like he had no clue where she had gone the parents were like unconvinced right so they they definitely like thought that Wesley had something hmm. to do with it. Like, why would he go to their house? First of all, like, after- how old is he? If so, she's 16, uh, is oh, uh, that's a good question. I actually don't know what age he was when this all started. I should have, I should have looked that up. Um, I don't know what age he was, what age he was. He was younger, probably around her age. Okay. Uh, wow. So, so he started this off very, young. which is okay. So, Chevelle was the first story that they heard of, but she was not the first victim, oh, oh my which is God. even okay. worse. That's even worse. Wow. So, yeah, I know. Um, so so uh, they were known as the speed freak killers because people knew them as um, speed users. They people knew them as uh, as uh, what is it called? Methamphetamine. Like junkies. Junkies. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. they they use uh, methamphetamine. Methamphet- oh, I'm gonna say it wrong. It's a tough word. Just say meth. Meth. They use speed. <laughs> <laughs> they got high. I'm like so. I don't know drugs other Me. than like marijuana. So I'm like, 
Is meth and speed the same thing? I'm the same way. I don't, I don't smoke or do any kind of drugs. I've, ne- I've never really done drugs. Community, I- let us, drug community, let us know. Methamphetamine. Did I say it correctly? Anyways, watching this, watching this documentary with my boyfriend was really funny because I was like, is meth like speed? And he's like, it is speed. <laughs> like, is it? Oh my God. I don't mind know. Blown. Yeah, seriously. Okay, okay. So, so, um, so just to give you a little backstory about Lauren and Wesley, they grew up together as friends in Linden. Uh, they were also neighbors. So they knew each other from a really like young age and they grew up together. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so after, uh, Chevelle Chevy's disappearance, um, Wesley was this prime suspect, right? In her disappearance. Mm-hmm. So the day that she went missing, her sister actually overheard her talking about how she was going to skip school to go with Wesley to smoke weed in his cabin. So that's mm-hmm. why he was like a prime suspect. Um, so authorities went and they, they checked out his cabin. But because at the time they didn't have any DNA testing, they, uh, they couldn't really like pinpoint it. They couldn't have, wait. they didn't have any proof. Wait, wait, wait. So what this year was, is this? This was 1985. So they didn't, they didn't ha- have DNA testing mm-hmm. at that point? Not at this point. They didn't have any DNA testing. So they couldn't they couldn't like, put him in like there there was blood in the cabin, but he said, Oh, it was from uh he said it was from like hunting. And you have to think like this area is very rural. Like it's very yeah. like farmer, like the people there they do hunt. So it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um and they they just didn't have the technology to pinpoint him. So because oh. of that, they had to kind of let him go. The Sherman times were also very wealthy. So Wesley's parents were really, really wealthy. And uh, Wesley's mother was extremely abusive and aggressive. Oh. And she was an alcoholic. So people <sighs> people chalked up like his behavior to that, which right. is not fair, right? Like they even talk about how she at one point was so uh, upset about this guy that like didn't pay her husband that she took a bulldozer and like ran it through their house so they she fucking destroyed their house oh my god yeah it was pretty insane that Um, escalated quickly yeah exactly so uh so when dna testing was finally available the case opened up again and they uh examined the blood that was taken from that cabin and they found Mm -hmm. out that it was in fact um chevy's blood oh my god but this guy i forget what his name is thomas testa yeah. he was a uh, the attorney attorney district attorney yeah, he was a district attorney and he decided to wait until they got all of the results so that way he could like have like a very like solid case yeah. against him but yeah, while yeah. he was waiting another girl went missing and this is this case is kind of how like everything sort of blew up so um while he was waiting for the evidence cindy vanderheiden disappeared so this was Again, I think it was like, I want to say like 10 years after or something. It was quite a after while. After Chevelle? Yeah. So it was a while. There was okay. a long period of time in between Or just went like cold. Yeah. It was like nothing. Like they didn't hear anything. And then suddenly like Cin- Cindy Vanderheiden went missing. And then they were like, okay, mm-hmm. um, checking out like who she was with and that kind of thing. Yeah. So she was 25 when she disappeared. She was last seen with a guy uh that she was I, I guess like some guy that she was interested in she was at a bar that her dad owned so he he owned the linden inn which is no longer a thing but you know he owned that when she uh when she went missing mm-hmm. um so she was last seen with this guy at the linden inn <clears throat> in stockton 
and then Cindy never made it home. The next morning, her dad didn't find her car outside, so he drove around San Quentin County until he spotted her car at Clements Glenview Cemetery. Um, her purse was still in her car. So, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good sign. Yeah. So uh, <sighs> after, you know, after looking around and figuring out, like, who the last person was that Cindy uh, was talking to or who she was seen with, um, people said that they, they saw her with Lauren Herzog, which is Wesley's best friend, right? So um, because they were connected, they looked into Wesley because Wesley had already been previously uh, looked at as a suspect. So they uh, got, I think they got like a, uh, like a search warrant for his truck and they looked in his truck and they found blood in his truck. And um, after DNA testing, uh, they found that Wesley's truck did have Cindy's blood in it. And it was on uh, the side, so- <laughs> you know, the headrest in a, in a, yeah. so it was on the rod of the headrest and it was in the trunk. Okay. Wait, the, the rod, like the, ro- the rod was in the trunk. No, no, no. The rod, the, well, like, it was pole, the, bl- the right. Okay. The so thing. the blood was both on the rod and they found blood in the trunk. Yeah, exactly. So oh, it was like okay. in, in the, in the passenger seat on that rod part. It's kind of hard to explain, but yeah, like when you're sitting yeah. in the passion, that I, thought, I, I first thought that you were saying like it was on the rod of the headrest, which was in the trunk. And I'm like, that all is just very weird. Behavior. <laughs> no, so, um, <clears throat> so, uh, n- no, it was on the headrest, but they got found it, out it. that it was I Cindy's gotcha. blood. And so Lauren and Wesley were both arrested. So after the arrest, um, Wesley wasn't really saying anything, but Lauren uh, he just spilled the beans. He just, he was given everything to the, the authorities. Wait, Lauren is a boy. Yeah. Sorry. They're okay. Fr- yeah. Yes. I know. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry to assume gender. No, it's okay. I just, I, but okay. I was yeah, like imagining a girl. It's yeah. okay. No, no, no. Lauren was a boy. Okay. Um, these were both, they were two males. Uh, got it. So okay. anyways, um, so it's very important also to note that Lauren is kind of the submissive in this, right? So like Wesley was seen as like the more dominant uh, murderer that they mm-hmm. saw him as like, oh, he's the one leading. And Lauren either didn't do anything, didn't participate at all, or mm-hmm. he was also a participant. I think personally, I think he was a participant and he played he played this role of like, oh, I didn't really participate. But um uh, I digress. He's he he really did have a he had a role. There's no way he didn't. Anyway, so Lauren tells the investigators that he and Wesley asked Cindy to go to the party with them and ditch the boyfriend, the guy that she had gone to the bar with. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that they that they wanted to party with her and to meet her to meet them at the cemetery. So when she met them at the cemetery, she got into the passenger seat and Wesley started to drive off just randomly, like very chaotically. And Cindy at that point started to panic. Like, where are you guys taking me? Take me back to my car. Um, Just freaking out. And instead of like... Poor baby. Yeah. And so Wesley punches her (laughs) to calm her down. Oh oh my God. That's not how you calm somebody down. (laughs) Well, I mean, at this point, he probably had murdered so many people. This was was his technique. Um, and this is also just Lauren telling his story of it, right? So he said, yeah. that, okay, to calm her down, he punched her, which is, of course you do that. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. <clears throat> so, uh, so finally they find a place, they, they park the car and um, Wesley tries to get her to do like things to him, like sexual acts on him. And she, mm-hmm. and she's not, she's not doing it. So at that point he starts raping her. Oh my God. Yeah. And oh, Lauren baby. is here the entire time. So can you imagine, like, 
you've been friends with this guy forever and you're just going to sit there and let like, oh, my friend, he's just going to rape a girl, whatever. Um, so, <sighs> so she denies him. He starts raping her. And then this is the worst part like of the documentary for me. He says that uh, while he's raping her from behind, he grabbed her hair and s- slit her throat. And while he's saying, while, while he sl- slits her throat, he says, uh, and I think Lauren said, well, he was comforting her by saying this. But it wasn't a comfort thing. He was like, let it come naturally. Let it, let it, just let it come naturally. Like that sentence is forever ingrained in my head now. I hate that. I yeah. hate, I hate this. Mm, yeah. And uh, so Wes- we need to put a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, we really do. We need to put a trigger warning for this episode. Yikes. Oh my God. No, it gets worse. If you and think- he's just, what the hell, Lauren? He's just like sitting there yeah. watching it he happen. Sa- he says he didn't participate at all. He said he just, he just let it. Well, not doing anything. Is participation. Is still, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like even if he was just this, uh, this like uh, tag along friend while his best friend goes on a killing rampage, like you're still supporting him by not saying anything or like telling the authorities. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just fucked up that this happened. Um, So yeah, that, that really got me. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, hold on. Uh let me get back to my uh my notes here. So, uh after that, Lauren starts giving several other details about unsolved murders. Um so he tells him about a double murder in the area, specifically an area where prostitutes typically would bring out their like Johns and um mm-hmm. so uh he and Wesley were driving out from somewhere. And they saw these people and they, they just got out. And um, apparently Wesley acted alone in this, but I don't believe it. He said that they just started shooting or he just started sh- shooting them. And he said, oh, yeah. And he used his, he used his entire, like all the bullets in his gun. And then he took mine. So basically Lauren was saying that he used both guns. But like if Lauren had a gun. like Why did he have a gun? With why him? did he have a gun? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wesley used this mine is- too. It, I mean, I know it's like farmland, but I don't, I wish I, what are like the laws in California for guns, open carry, or I don't know. I don't know guns well I enough. I don't Ooh. know. I don't Anyways, know that doesn't, that sounds like bullshit. It really does. It's like, if you have a gun and it's empty too, like if he, em- if he emptied, no, like you acted. Either he's person. the biggest fucking pushover. Or he totally took part. I feel like he did because of... uh, And either way, he's guilty. Yeah, so the reason why I think that he participated was because Wesley's sister, Dolly, who is also in... She's part of the documentary, and she she has a pretty big part in it. She talks about how... um, She even states that one Halloween night, Lauren stayed over, and he snuck into her room, held her down, and he raped her. (sighs) So this submissive person that had nothing to do with it apparently had enough like balls to go into a girl's room and rape her at night. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so she was too scared to tell her mother because she was scared that she wouldn't believe her. Like their mother was pretty abusive. So I do believe that mm-hmm. um, personally, like having my own experiences with this kind of thing. Like I do believe that when that happens, you don't really tell people. So I, I definitely think that Lauren was a piece of shit and he was also part of it. And he just played up this like, I'm, I'm, you know, not part of it at all. Just kind of let it happen. 
Um, so, of course, they were known as speed users, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people at this point called them hunters because they would just go out and find random people to kill. And, uh, you know, that with the double murder, there were a lot of other uh, murders that um, Lauren had confessed to. And because of that, it kind of put Wesley in a really bad light, right? Because Lauren's just painting him as this as the main murderer. Uh, so, hold on, let me see. Uh, they murdered a prostitute. This is who I think was the very first um, girl that they, they murdered. Her name was Robin Armtrout, and they stabbed her to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, she was murdered in 1985. They randomly shot a man named Henry Howell after coming back from a, from gambling in Tahoe. And Fuck. So they're like all over the place, kind of. Like yeah, they don't I have mean, like a really specific type. No, you know, that's really what's. Um, Alexa, please. I'm unplugging you. <laughs> this is my show. Uh, God. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they shot a man. And they don't they don't have like a specific agenda. I think that like, you know, uh, a lot of people said because they were on speed, they just kind of did what um, whatever they thought was good at the time. I I mean, I think that they just both like really liked murdering people. I think it was just like they egged each other on. Honestly, that's what I think. Yeah, it is sick. It's awful. That's almost scarier. Yeah, it's like they're just like they just like murder. This guy, this guy that they murdered. This Henry Howell was literally on the side of the road, like changing a tire. And they were coming back high from gambling. And we're like, oh, we're just going to kill this guy who's changed. Like, can you imagine if you're on the side of the road and you need to change your fucking tire and you're by yourself? It's just scary that there are people out there like that. See, this is why when I got a flat tire, thank God I was only like half a mile away from home. But I'm like, I don't care. That my back tire has no air in it. I'm going back home to do this because it was like way early in the morning. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing this at 6 a.m. in the middle of just like you don't know. You don't know who the fuck is out there watching you. No, you just don't know. Ugh. Okay, so at this point, they still haven't revealed where the initial people were, like the bodies of those girls that they had murdered. They they never told anybody where they were at. So um, they had confessed. Um, so after having served 10 years, Lauren was granted parole due to unlawful questioning. Uh, he wasn't exactly free, but, um, he was waiting to be released on parole for good. And I think this pissed Wesley off like a lot, uh, because Lauren was really playing up this, like I'm submissive. It was all Wesley's doing, blah, blah, blah. So, um, he was really bitter and he starts turning the tables on Lauren. Uh, he was blaming basically all the murders on him and then he also contacted a local newspaper and told them that he could lead them to the bodies that lauren had supposedly buried in this huge field that he called his boneyard um wesley was asking them to give him 10k for this information which they didn't have you know they just didn't have the ability to like pay him 10k also that's not isn't like if you're paid to do something that's not going to be admissible in court basically but it did he was just trying to he was just trying to gain i don't know what he was trying to gain but he, he was well i mean i guess throwing his buddy under the bus yeah and trying to get 10k out of it yeah so he was asking for 10k so this bounty hunter named uh leonard padella from sacramento california 
he's like, yeah, just give them whatever they want. Like, whatever he wants, just give it to him as long as we can, like, find the bodies. Let's just find the bodies. So after Lauren catches wind that Wesley's doing this and trying to put the blame on him, like, all of this new information coming up, he got scared and um, he knew that this would break, put him back into jail. So instead of going back to jail, he committed suicide. He hung himself. Oh, Yeah. Howard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, in 2011, Wesley had started revealing where the bodies were buried. Um, the body of Chevelle Wheeler and the body of Cindy Vanderheiden. He had buried them both on his parents' property where the cabin had been in Calaveras County. Can you tell everybody what Calaveras means? Calaveras means skull. Yeah, it means skull. Skull. So he buried them on his parents his old property they didn't live there at the time when they were bar- when they were um digging the people out when wesley tells them about this place where all these bury of uh, these bodies are buried he says along this road you're going to see windmills and everywhere there's a windmill that means it's a new well where there's a new well there's an old well and in those old wells are the bodies that we put in there <sighs> yeah so um finally after this, they decide to like go along with his story and say, okay, let's like, let's see if this is real. And the first one that they open has thousands of. No, shut up. Not thousands? Thousands. Yeah. They thousands of bodies. The first one. <sighs> um, it's what's funny about this is Andrew actually saw them do this. Like he was driving what? up to his parents. Yeah. He was driving up to see his parents and he saw like the whole, there was like trucks because there were so many. You have to imagine there were just so many bodies. Oh my God god yeah so he's, how yeah it was crazy what um yep including a fetus this is where it's really <gasps> no sad. oh my god oh yeah. my god yep um they oh found they found a body of joanna they found the body of joanna Hop- hopsons um and next to her was a woman that they could not identify um who had been pregnant uh wesley said that Lauren had picked up this this woman who was a prostitute, tortured her with a knife, and Wesley shot her to put her out of her misery. This is the only thing Wesley supposedly did um, during all of these murders that Lauren had committed. This is what he said Lauren had done, but I don't believe wow. that either. I think that they were both insane. Well, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. They're so, both just throwing each other under the bus. Yeah. So... um. At the end of the documentary, Wesley's sister also reveals that Wesley had also raped her. Oh. Yeah. No. Yep. So, um, oh yeah. So, basically, that's the story. It's a lot. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need a moment. <laughs> wow. Um... I will never look at one of those windmills the same, same way, way again. again. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're still digging stuff up because that area is just so vast. It's such a yeah. big, you know, you have to imagine like And if these, if these guys started in their teens mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. they were how old when they finally got like caught or whatever? I think they got caught in, two, I want to say, hmm, when was it? I have the date in here. So they're like in their 30s if it was like early 2000s, right? Yeah. 
I can't math well in my head. But it, it started in 1985, and then they finally started f- finding bodies in 2011. So, you know, I, well, Whoa. I guess they were, they yeah. must have been, they must have, oh, gosh, I wish I had put this in here. I'm so, I'm so awful. I thought, I was like, I have all this information, but I don't have the dates. Um, I think they were arrested in 2009 or 2010. Okay. So, yeah. that's, that's So they are justice is being served well i mean lauren killed himself that guy was just like well yeah i'm out like he he knew better i bet you this is the thing like everybody pinpoints wesley and they're like oh well he was the dominant one he was the one that with the master plan like he sometimes those those quiet guys Mm. you know i mean maybe there's some truth to what wesley's saying maybe maybe lauren did have like a lot more of a uh a lot more dominance when it came to murdering you know i definitely yeah. think that he that he was part of it i think he played up that like submissive like oh wesley was the one that did it but yeah anyways wow. that's uh that's my very first story hopefully i can wow oh. yeah damn mm-hmm. I need some wine after that yeah yeah i i'm gonna take a big gulp of my diet squirt squirt you sound like my mom diet squirt squirt (laughs) oh my god wow that was rough mel sorry (laughs) you know it was the first one you said true crime i was like i'm on it i got this and wow did you deliver yeah yeah it was a lot it was a lot of information well good job mel on your report you're welcome holy crap and thank you for doing one that i bet not a lot of people know about yeah i really rather than doing like which it's not wrong to do like a heavy hitter mm-hmm. like something that everybody knows of those are fun to mm-hmm. hear about but yeah. it's it's kind of cool that we're starting again like as i said earlier just like with our kind of local i'm all about local stuff. shit man mm-hmm. support your so, local people yeah <laughs> now that um now that we've done our true crime. Hold, hold on. Let me open the door because I need I need to be I need to know my boyfriend's outside of the room. <laughs> okay. All right, and she's back. <laughs> All right, so now on to the supernatural paranormal portion of today's show. I'm so ready. So um, my local paranormal story is, so I attended Dominican University of California, which is in San Rafael, California, which is the city that me and Melanie met. Mm. Um but honestly, like Dominican is supposedly one of the most haunted places in the Bay Area. And I honestly can attest that I've like experienced things and there's been so many, like it's ridiculous the amount of stories that there are. Um, but um, I do want to like, before I get too into it, I want to do a little like credit shout out on like where I got all my research because this was kind of this was a tough one to get like a lot of details out of but 
um, like my universe, the university's website, um, Wikipedia, uh, genie.com, because I had to do some lineage stuff, uh, research, um, the Dominican University alumni Facebook page, a YouTube video by Sierra Naholia titled yeah. Dominican Ghost Stories, colon, Blue Boy. Also, big thank you to my friends who attended Dominican with me and those who currently work or used to work there and sent me in their stories and info that they knew. So big shout out. Mm. But anyways, let's get down to it. Damn, that's a lot of research. The haunting of Blue Boy at Dominican University of California. So Dominican is a private university in San Rafael and... As I said, one of the most haunted places in the Bay Area and my alma mater, where I studied graphic design and studio art. Um, So a little history um, to kind of give some background. So um, the school has been around since I think it was it was established like in what is it? 1890. Um, And it's by the Dominican sisters. Um, Actually, like there was this guy this Joseph Alemany that in 1850 he was assigned the post to be archbishop in Monterey and on his way he stopped by Paris which is where this like order of sisters um catholic sisters were and he's like yo you want to hop a ride with me we're going to go like i want to try to teach these the children of california and the gold miners which apparently i don't know i guess they were as dumb as children i don't know <laughs> we got to teach <laughs> He's like, we just got to teach these California people. They're too dumb. I don't know. <laughs> they need some <laughs> education just, over there. They need, they need some education. And um, there were some sisters who um, volunteered. I think the main one was Sister Mary of the Cross Gomer um, volunteered to go with him and start a school in a new diocese. And so that's like the history of kind of like how Dominican University started. And then it was officially established as um, a university in 1890. And it's actually one of the oldest universities in California. It's the first Catholic university mm. in California to grant bachelor degrees to women. Hey, yo, toppling the patriarchy, one female graduate at a time. <laughs> Love it. Um, and so what's really cool about the campus itself is it's not very like, uniform so they started with a few buildings and then dominican is set in this really gorgeous like residential area of san rafael and they truly just kind of like kept buying other people's like mansions and homes and stuff and converting them into pretty much like classrooms and office spaces it's gorgeous like each building is so unique but with that comes like you know yeah some fucking hauntings because you're buying houses (laughs) they you know they're bringing some some baggage with them um also side note that dominican is built on top of miwok burial grounds oh okay especially like the gymnasium conlin the parking lot so miwok is a uh it's like a native native american Yeah. yeah okay yeah so um, if you were to go to Dominican University and go to the Conlin Gymnasium parking lot, it's really interesting because like you'll see like smack dab in the middle of the parking lot. There's just a patch of like where it's like really overgrown with like trees and stuff. And it's kind of really pretty. But the reason why they did not 
pave over that to make more parking spaces is because that was a known Miwok burial site. Mm -hmm. And I actually have um, a friend who she worked in the like administrative office at Dominican and she like helped facilitate kind of like getting the, um, you know, representatives from the Miwok tribe, like they like archaeology, like they literally found like the human bones, human remains and had to like, she had like, she recorded everything. And so they did like safely and respectfully remove the remains of the Miwok people because that was a known burial ground. But that was really the only recorded area who knows like what other areas of Dominican we didn't, you know, they didn't know was a burial ground and the buildings were built over. Yeah, but still, like, do you think it's, like, do you think that it was a good idea for them to do that? Well, that's, I th- I'm assuming it's what the um, tribe wanted. Okay. Because, th- like, they, the tribe came and they, like, retrieved their ancestors, okay. you know, yeah. remains. So they did it, I want to say, they did it in a very respectful, like, PC way. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Like, they did their due diligence. Okay. Um, so that's like one aspect of kind of, I think why the grounds of Dominican university is like really spiritually charged. Yeah. Um, and blue boy really doesn't have anything to do with native Americans, but but I just thought that that was such an intriguing. Yeah. 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 And I, I have heard stories of people, like I heard a story about this guy that he, was commuting from the East Bay mm-hmm. and to um, beat the traffic, he would just drive into the campus super, super early and then just nap for like an hour, hour and a half before going into classes. Right. It's really smart. You do, yeah. Um, I was say, right? If I had a car, I would do the same thing. But he parked like right at the edge of that um, like foresty little patch of where the burial ground was. Mm-hmm. And he remembers like waking up to a start like he just like needed to wait he like woke up suddenly and he saw like what looked like a native american man in like very like uh traditional like garb Mm. like peeking into his window and then when the guy saw the the native american man saw that this guy was like noticing him and looking at him like freaking out like oh my god (laughs) um he kind of like retreated and he walked back into the forest i'm like scared um anyways so that's a little crazy little snippet of a story man i but, don't know what um, i'd do if i saw a fucking native american oh apparition god. well i'd be i'd 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 be, like ask i'd be like oh my god is there like a powwow happening or you know like because they like dress in like the mm-hmm. they still dress in the traditional like regalia for it mm-hmm. um but then it, i yeah i get oh I would still freak out though if like I just woke up and there was somebody like peering into my window looking at me sleep. Yeah, no, that's like you. that's so like uh unsettling. Yeah. And can you imagine if it was like a spirit of a Native American man from way back when that was on the barrow ground and he's like seeing a car and he's like, What the fuck is this? This horse is weird. I don't know. Like <laughs> your teepee's all wrong. <laughs> This is a very weird carriage. Where are your horses, you idiot? So one of the many um, buildings and structures that were bought off from, you know, the neighborhood that Dominican just bought it was 
Medellin's mansion. And Medellin's, um, it was built in 1888. So it's a Victorian mansion. And it was actually the vacation home of San Francisco Chronicle publisher, Michael DeYoung mm -hmm. and his family. Mm -hmm. So if you're from the Bay Area, the Young Museum, those De Youngs. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. I love yeah. that museum. So great museum. Awesome mm -hmm. museum. Yeah. Um, was a member, fully intend on renewing my membership eventually. Uh, but yeah, so it was the vacation home or summer home for them whenever they wanted like escape city life. Um, and his, the De Young family, like the descendants, they still own the Chronicle, the SF Chronicle today. Um, they're really, they're still very prominent, still rich. Forbes reports that the family's net worth is 2.5 billion as of 2015. Mm. So they're doing, the family's doing well. Doing um, but according to legend, Blue Boy was like the special needs child. So he was really challenging. And um, obviously in that time era, uh, kids with special needs, they were often like hidden away and kind of like isolated because they, you know, brought their family shame, which is just so sad. So he, they hired a nanny to just be with Blue Boy. And it said that um, like one day, then either the nanny lost it. Okay. Or like either from like driven crazy from just the isolation of being in this home and only ever dealing with this challenging child or that blue boy was just being particularly difficult and she just snapped in a, in the moment and she drowned him in a bathtub. What? That's awful. Some virgins even have the nanny like hanging herself in the house after the drowning of the blue boy because of like her shame, like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did this. And then she hangs herself. Um, not all the versions say that, but I've heard versions like that. However, all of them agree that oh my gosh. the boy drowned and died in this tub, which is that's so awful. Back. That is awful. It used to be the tub itself used to be kept in the attic of Medellin's. Like even like when I was a student there a few years ago. I feel so bad for that little boy. I know this oh. poor child. So what's really interesting, um, I'll I'll just insert my own personal story here. I didn't know anything about this when I went as like a senior in high school to the campus tour. And I was on the tour with my mom and we were just about to enter Meadowlands. And I start having like what felt like an asthma attack, like an anxiety attack. <gasps> I just started freaking out. Like I didn't want, I didn't want to go into the building and I did not know why. And I remember my mom, like having to take a moment to help me kind of collect myself. And she was just I didn't know that it was anything to do with any paranormal shit. Yeah, I just never thought heard maybe, the aller yeah. maybe yeah. allergies were getting to me. And like, I'm like, cause it was like, I don't know. It was like really warm weather. I don't remember, but I just remember having that physical reaction of approaching that building. Like we were on the porch and I just couldn't. And my mom called me down and she's like, we gotta, we gotta get back. Let's rejoin the tour. And they hadn't gone really far. They were still like in the main entry room, mm -hmm. but <laughs> we join the group again and then like literally as we join this tour guide starts talking about the blue boy legend and how he haunts this house and i'm like oh, okay great well that explains that oh my gosh yeah um so what's interesting that as i was researching this and collecting all this like information i'm kind of like well what was the blue boy's identity because i've never heard like his name it was always just 
blue boy. The blue boy, yeah. Yeah, he he was never given a name, which is like poor baby, right? Yeah. Like we we talk about him and we don't even know what his name was. Um so I don't know what his name was if he was actually the son of Michael DeYoung who you know was the first owner of this uh, mansion or if he was like a later descendant of the DeYoungs. Mm-hmm. I I have no idea, but I decided to look into it. So this is really interesting. I'm going to go into, this is the lineage stuff that I started like, you know, kind of digging into about the DeYoungs. So Michael DeYoung and his brother Charles founded the Daily and Dramatic Chronicle. (laughs) That was literally what the name was of the SF Chronicle before it actually became the SF Chronicle. Mm -hmm. The Daily and Dramatic Chronicle. So they founded that. And, um, a Dominican university archivist actually believes that blue boy could be Michael and Charles's youngest brother, Gustavus. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to refer to him to Gus just because I can feel that I'm going to, you know, my tongue's going to get twisted if I keep having to say Gustavus, but (laughs) so Gus, (laughs) yeah, Gus died tragically at a young age and under mysterious circumstances. Um, and so I did some more digging to trace the family tree. And when I looked up Gusta Young, it literally just says born either 1843 or 1855. Mm-hmm. And the date of death literally just says question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Jesus. Like, yeah, there's just this weird mystery around his death and things keep getting kind of weirder. Um, the Chronicle published a family tree of the DeYoungs at one point, and it only listed Michael and Charles as brothers. Oh, okay. The third brother was just erased from the family tree. Oh, man. So it's kind of a question, is Blue Boy really just Gus being butthurt in the afterlife about being erased or not included? But um, it just, for me, it wouldn't make sense because Blue Boy is supposed to be like a little boy and he's supposed to have died in Meadowlands. And I feel like he, he would have been a grown man by the time if this, if it was Gus, Gus was born in like 43 or 50, 1843 or 1855. And so if Meadowlands was built in 1888, just doing the math, that doesn't check out. Yeah. But I just thought it was really interesting. Um, and so Meadowlands actually, so what it serves as for Dominican University it used to serve when I attended there, it was both um, classrooms, offices, and dorms. So people have lived in Middlelands um, okay. as students. Yeah. It has since been renovated and is now completely just classrooms and offices. Okay. I think it's like dedicated to the nursing program, like the health science kind of department. Right. Um, so we have this third brother that just mysteriously dies at some point. Yeah. Charles actually, um, so this is the brother of Michael again. He got into this like slanderous fight with this preacher who was running for mayor in San Francisco and he was shot and killed. Supposedly by like a hit from this, um, either people who supported this preacher or by the preacher himself. And years later, Michael himself was shot and killed by an angry reader of the Chronicle right in front of the Chronicle building. Jesus. So, and then Michael's only son, Charles, who's named after the uncle, Charles, 
dies tragically in a fishing accident, which I don't know what accidents can happen when you're fishing. Yeah, really, though. But he, but there's this pattern of all the men in the DeYoung family die really tragically. And so there's like, is there a curse on the DeYoung men? And could this be collectively like their spirits haunting? Or maybe perhaps it is totally just this boy who's just his name has been lost to history. Um, so we'll get into now what paranormal shit has been going on. Okay. I'm already like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So I already like went through my own personal experience. Um, but in my research, like collectively, I've, students have reported like finding wet footprints the size of a small child around the building that's so sad cold spots yeah a giggling laughter of a child sometimes accompanied with the sound of a bouncing ball but that's all like he's playing with the ball you know yeah for now Um, (laughs) no no i don't want to yeah it's i'm getting so many chills um me too i'm getting like my head i feel like someone keeps touching my head (sighs) yeah it's just it's one thing like researching and then it's another like actually like doing the act of telling it it's yeah yep that's why i was worried about doing it at Mm -hmm. 9 11 p.m (laughs) so um so yeah so we have the giggles of a child bouncing the uh, of the ball Sounds of footsteps or heavy creaks of floorboards. Blue glowing lights. Doors opening or closing on their own. And people being locked in or out of their bathrooms. And electronics or lights turning on or off by themselves. Or like one time, so this um, one faculty member who had her office in um, her, like the attic has been converted to offices and her office is in the attic. No. No. Yeah. Nope. Um, nope. And apparently there was this one time where like the whole building lost power, but somehow her one, the one room, her one office still had power, still had lights on. And she like reported like there's like a closet area where she like keeps all her like papers and like filing systems and stuff. And that in that closet, when she's like in there late at night, she just like sound like she hears like something stuff going on in there. No. Yeah. And that's not even the worst of it. Now I'm going to get into no, the no, more no, detailed accounts. <laughs> yeah. No, you gave me all that fucked up shit with those <laughs> Yeah, but this is different. Pillars. This is stuff you can't see. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like, it's funny because it's like, what kind of, there's two people in this world and it's two types of people, people who are more scared of like what real people, like what humans can do. And those that are scared of just the unknown paranormal. Yeah. You know, it's like, what kind of horror films do you get? I can't, I can't, ha- I can't handle this. This is the kind of stuff that like, yeah. this yeah. is the thing. I'm Same. so intrigued by it, but oh, I'm yeah. also terrified. Yeah. We're really like sadistic. Yeah, I know. We're like, let's do this podcast where we talk about <laughs> these really spooky things. But as misery. soon as you started, as soon I had to like take my ear, like these earphones off. So that way I could feel more in it, here, like in, in here. the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Andrew's in the room and I'm like, did you leave? Did you leave the room? And he's like, I went to go, uh, I went to go charge my phone. Don't worry. He goes, don't worry. I'm still here, baby. And I'm like, no, just come back into the room. I'm too afraid. Come back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wish that somebody was upstairs with me. Um, everyone's downstairs, but all right. So you got more cojones than I do. 
this is why I do the protection shit. Okay. All right. So in one account of a student who lived in what is believed to have been blue boys room with a roommate. So they went out to penguin ball, which at Dominican is like our equivalent to prom. It's like really, really fancy. Like we go and penguin there's dinner. Ball. Yeah. And it's called penguin ball. Cause we are, the mascots are the penguins. Oh, the penguins. Okay, okay, Isn't that adorable? That makes sense. Actually was the mascot, um, for a few basketball games. I was the mascot. You were the mascot? Yeah. I mean, I did some mascotting in high school. We were the Pumas. Go Pumas. Oh, my God. I um, love that you were the person. <laughs> you were the person wearing the suit. That's so I cute. had so much fun up until people always assume that there's a dude who's mascotting. And so I literally have been, like, jumped on by, like, rowdy, drunk college dudes. And I had to have, like, a squad of other people in the athletics department be like, dude, there's a girl in there. <laughs> Don't jump on her. <laughs> You're also like tiny, which is funny. Like, why would they think? I'm five. T- I'm five two. I know. We're, <laughs> I, I feel like we're almost like the same height. Yeah, I think, I yeah. think we are. We're two tiny, adorable little things. Yes. Um, so, okay. So this guy and his roommate, they're out in Penguin Ball. And so in Penguin Ball, like there's, they uh, arrange like buses to take you to the pier and then you get in the boat and we're like on the horn blower and it goes around the bay. And then like you have dinner, you dance, you get back. And so if you do that whole bit, you get back really late, like at 1 a.m. or something, or sometimes even 2 a.m. Yeah. So they probably like left their dorm, I'm assuming like sometime around like six to make it to the buses to, you know, commute into the city and get on the boat for penguin ball so they left the room in the evening and when they got back at around 1 1 a.m um they encountered like a group of students that were like surrounding the area of their the door to their room mm-hmm. and they're like hey what's going on and they and then the students are freaking out they're like what are you guys doing here like we we thought you guys were in your room and they were like confused. They're like, no, we've, we've been at penguin ball, like hence the formal garb, um, <laughs> formal attire. Um, and, and then what they, they hear, like they're a TV blasting and they're like, the students are saying, we thought you guys were blasting the TV. Like it went off like an hour ago and it just kept the volume kept getting louder and louder and louder. And we've been like trying to knock on your door to get you guys to turn the TV off. But like, so who's in, is there somebody in your, in your dorm room? Oh, that's creepy. And so they finally, you know, they let themselves into the room. There is no one. And the TV is like full blasting, like full volume. What's creepy to me is that the volume was gradually getting louder and louder. Right. Yeah. That but was yeah, so, out too. Yeah. They get in there and there's no one. They just find the TV blasting at top volume. Nope. I don't like that. In another account, um, there's more. A cup. Oh yeah, I have three more. It's great. Um, uh. A couple of roommates. So they were. So it's the beginning of the semester. So they are moving into their dorm in Meadowlands, and the way that the dorms are set up in most of Dominican, including Meadowlands, they did it like suite style. So like Jack and Jill bathroom. So you have your room, and then there's a the bathroom that has two doors on either end. And then there's your suite mates who have their own room. So there's like Jack and Jill bathrooms. Nope. And um, in the bathrooms, they're bo- both doors are, you're able to lock from the inside. 
so that you can, you know, obviously prevent from somebody like walking in while you're using the bathroom. Um, and the, the lock system at Dominican, it's not like the lock in the doorknob. It's like a really simple, like latch, like, you know, like a little bar with the handle, you just like slide it and latch it to clo- have it close. Yep. So they move in, their stuff in, they were able to access the bathroom and then the locks just kind of, they latch shut and they just figure, oh, like our suite mates, somebody must've like gone in and started using the bathroom. Like our suite mates, whoever is going to be living on the other side, on the other side. <laughs> um, and then they try to like, they check back because one of them has to use the bathroom eventually and it's still locked. And they're like, okay, whatever. Like they just leave for a few hours. Um, they go, I don't know. They just kill time around campus. They get food, they hang out. Right. And they come back hours later and the bathroom door is still locked. And I don't like this. They, so they, yeah. <laughs> So hours went by, the store is still locked, and then they walk down the hall to what would be their suite mate's door, right? Mm-hmm. To, like, knock and be like, yo, like, because they figured maybe, you know, the person who was using the bathroom earlier forgot to unlock, you know, their side right. of the of the bathroom, which has happened. Right. <laughs> um, I know from firsthand. Happens all the time. But um, they so when they knocked, they heard things moving around inside. Like, someone was, like, moving, and they're like, wow, these guys are jerks. Like, they're not opening up for us. And then they just, like, all right, I guess, like, we'll wait. Maybe, like, we just, it was just bad timing and they're they're just using the bathroom again. And they wait and wait and it's the evening and they have to use the freaking bathroom and it's still not unlocked. And so they have to call security to go and try to handle and get these, like, sweet mates to just open up, quote, unquote, sweet mates, to open up their, their side of the, unlock the bathroom. Security was finally able to get into that other room that would have been their suite mate's room. It was yeah. completely empty. There was no one. Nope. I can't. I can't with this story. There was nothing moved in. Like, there were no objects. It was Ugh. only, like, the barren, like, bunk beds or, like, beds and desks that, you know, are already come with the dorm. Mm-mm. No one had moved in that day. Uh, okay. All right. It's going to get a little worse. I don't I'm so know. sorry for okay. this next one. Okay. Is it, can I this is where pretend in this account, <laughs> in this account, I worry. I'd like to believe that there is a cute little boy that his life was taken unjustly and he's just hanging out, having trouble, like pass on the other side. Cause he was, he was like reportedly like only five or six. He's maybe too young to understand like where he is or what happened to him. It's like Kayla but then, losing her life, you know? Oh my god! Oh my god! You just made it too real for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, yeah, but that's how. Whenever, it's, it's whenever so kids sad. come up, that's exactly what I, I think know. of. Is like Kaylin. <sighs> so so sad. Um. So there is a there's another like story of this girl that so she had this stuffed animal that she always slept with, and so she goes to sleep and she always has her stuffed animal, and in the middle of the night. She wakes up completely naked and her clothes are just in a pile at the other end of her bed with her stuffed animal on top of it posed looking at her. 
So this is when I worry that is this some other more evil entity posing as a little boy? Or maybe is there just oh my something God. else my eyes are evil watering. lurking no. in that house? No. Nope. Mm. Gross. No. Gross. I know. Gross. Totally gross. Um, yeah. You know, there's a possibility that he, I mean, if you think about it, if this entity, oh gosh, I don't know. There's so many things that you can, you can say about that. It could be another, it could be another energy entity, like, you know, sure. energy, energies attract other energies. Mm hmm. Negative energies to track. Oh God, and, and who knows? Because like all that, all that history in Meadowlands, and then if there's any like residual energy or like spiritual charge from the Miwok grounds, how does that interact? Or I don't know. Who knows, right? But I just know that Dominican is very spiritually charged. Like yeah. there's also like Angelico Concert Hall. That's our music hall, mm -hmm. Angelico Concert Hall. Mm -hmm. And from what I learned as a student there, that's it's also a very haunted building and that supposedly somebody hung themselves there too. So it's like all these ghosts hanging out, even like Joseph Alemany, who was that archbishop who had originally had that post in 1850, even he said to reportedly haunt his namesake library, like there's Alemany Library, mm -hmm. and even the library has been reported to be haunted. So there's hauntings left and right in various, very unique buildings. That don't seemingly have to do with one another. Um, you should have named this instead of Blue Boy. It should have just been like the Dominican hauntings. Yeah, honestly, like the top of my notes is literally just Dominican University hauntings. But yeah. the driving force of what inspired all this is, I mean, Blue the Boy Blue is really Boy. like, yeah, yeah, because that's like the most famous like legend of. Yeah, Dominican, I don't think you know? I don't think a a spirit of a little boy would do something like no, that. No, that somebody. is not a no. Yeah. I mean, and That's we could I, we could could we could say okay, it's just an evil spirit that or an evil entity that is, you know, acting like a little boy, but I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. I think it's probably another uh, an, another energy that's there that's also yeah. doing weird things because Yeah. They do weird things. <laughs> yeah. So um, this next one, I actually am going to insert one that just came up like right before we started recording. And that's not in my notes, but it's so I actually put out a Facebook status like asking my fellow alumni slash the faculty that I'm friends with at Dominican to pitch in their stories um, to help me with this. Mm -hmm. And uh, my buddy Sean um, this is, so I'm just going to read out loud what he said in his comment Oh God! Okay. in response to my post. So Sean's voice, I was pulling an all nighter with friends in the study room, the second door of the left side of the metal lens, which was an addition, like a new addition. So it was an original the left side and it was 4am. The girls in the room next door who believed in paranormal activity nonchalantly said it wasn't unusual to hear a carnival prize wheel spin loudly early in the morning. We brushed it off like they were crazy. What happens? At 4 a.m. we're interrupted by the terrifyingly loud sound of a carnival prize wheel spinning. Believed in the paranormal ever since. Nope. I don't like any of that. <laughs> This is not approved by Melanie. 
she does I, not approve this message you know it's it's interesting i just i feel like when i can when i read something it's like a lot easier to digest than to listen to it or to i don't know how to explain it like i just feel like i feel like to uh it's late and it's dark <laughs> i have one more okay creepy tidbit. all right all right okay ready yeah i guess take take a sip of your wine you don't need it. All right. It's not as bad as the poor woman who was stripped naked. I think that was the most terrifying one to me, personally. Um, okay. So this last one. So the very tub that Blue Boy was supposedly drowned in was, I don't know if it's still in Madeline's because, you know, it's had like a facelift, like a full renovation. Um, but it was still in the attic at the time that I was a student there. And it was there in the attic for a long time. Um, now, during these renovations though, when it was being converted into the health and science building, um, construction workers moved the tub, just to like get it out of the way. They moved it and they flipped it like upside down. So this is like, imagine like an like clawfoot tub is what this looks like yeah like old that's school. exactly what i'm yeah. imagining yeah yeah um yeah so it's just standing there it's not hooked up to anything when they whenever they were in the attic they always saw water leaking out of it which obviously creeped them the fuck out because the tub was not hooked up to any plumbing and there hadn't been any rains for it to like be some sort of like roof leak no matter how many times they mopped up the water, there was always a new pool of water surrounding the tub. You know, I'm really glad that I didn't uh, take a bath after this. Yeah. And then I took a bath before this. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna... to end this on a small, like, lighter note. Okay, though. good, good, good. Um, I saw in a comment on the... Dominican University alumni Facebook page and it was you know they did a similar thing that I did like they did a shout out like yo like blue boy who, who else remembers that legend uh what are your guys's personal stories and actually one of the fac faculty members commented and said that um she had one of the offices where the blue boy activity was strong and that she does believe in she was obviously very spiritual because she talked about how she tried to help guide the boy to go to go to the light and pass on to the other side officially. And that she believes that she might've been successful because ever since the renovations and she, I guess was going through this exercise of helping him pass on during when these renovations were going on ever since the renovations have been complete, the um, reports of blue boy activity has gone down okay. and reports of haunting so I'm hoping that poor little blue boy did find his, you know, peace. Yeah. And is no longer in Meadowlands. But that is the legend of blue boy and other creepy things about Dominican University of California in San Rafael. Fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> was this was a fun one to do. I, I was nervous that I wouldn't have enough to talk about like I would have to fill it up with another creepy thing 
but I did like find a lot of like good material. Like there's, it's very intriguing the history of the de young and just like the, this mystery of like the identity of blue boy, like who is he? But what's interesting is that I know there was the room that was supposedly his. And there was also a room where his portrait hung. So, and people have like lived in those. Yeah. No. So, I mean, it's like, it seems like, well, it's so ingrained in the lore of Dominican and of Medellin's. And there's like, even, I think the room that was his has a fireplace in it. And there was like a plaque in dedication to him. So I feel like he's got to be real. Yeah. Like there must've been actually like a boy who died in that house, but it's just like, it's so clouded in mystery because when I look into like the de young family, can't necessarily find like who in the de young family it was you know it's very it's very intriguing yeah i i honestly i have no words i'm like i'm i'm <laughs> i don't know how we're gonna do the next episode because i'm i need no. to pee really bad yeah. because i'm so anxious my, right now. oh my gosh so my friend michelle hi michelle i love you <laughs> michelle had to live in Medellin's her freshman year and she does like she has had instances where her door has like opened on its own and stuff and she's like it it could have been a vacuum effect but it just like happens often or something and she would always invite me to like have a sleepover there and I was just like nah I maybe slept over there once I don't remember but yeah it was oh I never liked the vibe in there and she was even like living in that newer portion of the mansion that was like an add-on that's not part of the actual like historical mansion can I interrupt you for a second yeah so while you were talking, I kind of saw in the corner of my eye like something. No, 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 it's not, that. it's not anything. Okay. Bad. I'm pretty sure that like ghost cat came in to like check up on me because like I could see oh, something cute. like over to the side by Andrew's guitar. Mm. <laughs> we have that over. on tape. I looked over. <laughs> I looked over at one of Andrew's guitars and I could see this like, uh, I think it was like an apparition or something of like a little... Mm-hmm. You know, wow. a little black cat. Oh, that was really cute. Anyways, I just thought that that was like really cute. And I wanted. To it's always that. nice to have, like, cute little. I like the stories of like the ghosts of like pets, past pets. Those I want. I want to do a listener episode like themed of like pets. That'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and like yeah. how how they integrate into their practice and. And all that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, this episode's pretty long, so maybe we should uh let's wrap it up. Yeah. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Please do follow us and check us out on our send us various your, channels. Send us your spooky stories. Oh yeah, please do. Um, we do listener stories every 13th of the month. So the way that our uh show is formatted is uh, or scheduled, um, we are bi-weekly so every sunday and wednesday you'll get an episode there's spooky sundays but we'll do episodes like this of true crime and paranormal shit and we have witchy wednesdays we will talk about more witchy spiritual stuff and then the 13th of the month will be our listener episodes so we're counting on you listeners to submit your stories either witchy or true crime or paranormal or maybe you just have a question or you just want to like tell me how pretty you think i am that's great um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or how pretty melanie is no, just, so tell us tell us about how you use your beauty no, but mostly we want to hear about your stories um, yeah. because we find those like the most intriguing just like 
sharing right those um so uh check us out the new witches.com is our website and you can fill out a contact form to submit your uh story or email us at the new witches at gmail.com the new ones and follow us on instagram and twitter at the new witches and you can find our facebook page the new witches podcast we thank you for joining us stay witchy goodbye bye (laughs) (laughs) that was better right that was good that was good okay i'm proud of us i just realized we should also be better about like introducing our names